Welcome to An Apple a Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy and healthy life. Not as disabled people, but as people with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple a Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. How are you feeling today, my friend? You feeling good? You feeling strong? You feeling better than you did yesterday? Excellent. You can't ask for better than that. Hey, we have got an excellent program for you today. We have a special guest, Chanda Hinton. She is by far a powerhouse, and you're not going to believe her story. Here is a woman who got wounded at the age of nine. And I'm not talking about in a car accident or anything like that. I'm talking about she was standing in her backyard and got wounded. I'm not going to go into the details of it. That's up to her to do. But put it this way, I know stronger men that couldn't have handled the type of wound that Chandra got. But she didn't let it get her down. At nine years old, she became a quadriplegic. And in some cases, people would have just said, my life is over, and sit in a wheelchair, watch cartoons all day, and just live as a vegetable. Not Chandra. She, she, took the, she took the accident in stride. Naturally, you go through that period, the, the pity party period, and go through the pain and all the other. But she came out shining, and she came out fighting. She has an amazing story, and I'm not going to tell it for you right now. I'm going to let her tell you, but I want to let Dave introduce us to Chandra Hinton. So sit back, relax, and listen to what Dave has to tell us about Chanda. Who is Chanda Hinton? When you look into her face, you see vitality and radiant health. You see a young woman with passion and determination. You see a person of strength and purpose. If you glance down from her face, you will see her wheelchair, and you realize the goals of the nonprofit organization she founded 17 years ago. You will see that her role is rooted in her own personal story. Chanda is the executive director of the Chanda Center for Health and Chanda Plan Foundation, which provides access to holistic, collaborative, accessible and competent healthcare programs to individuals with physical disabilities. In 2009, she led the movement to pass Colorado House Bill 1047, which created the Spinal Cord Injury Waiver, offering acupuncture, massage, and chiropractic care through Medicaid to evaluate cost-effectiveness and improve quality of life for persons with spinal cord injuries in the Denver metro area. In 2021, the movement evolved expanded these services legislatively to other diagnosis and to be a statewide benefit. Chanda is from Nebraska and has a bachelor's degree in communications from the University of Denver and earned a master's in nonprofit management from Regis University. In her spare time, she enjoys cheesy 80s chick flicks, thoughtful conversations with people in community and spending time with loved ones. I'm eager to hear Jimmy's conversation with Chanda. So, I'm gonna pass this back over to Jimmy now. 
Thanks, Dave. Hey, listen, there's no need to fluff this up or anything like that because I know you're going to be impressed by this conversation that I had with Chanda Hinton. So sit back, relax, and let me introduce you to Chanda Hinton. As I promised, I have with us Chandra Hinton, and she's going to tell us all about her foundation. And you're not going to believe this woman to me is like a superhero. She doesn't let anything stop her, but I'm not going to fluff this up. You're going to find out for yourself. How are you doing today, Chandra? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for having me on Oh no! Podcast. This is my honor. I, I I read all about you, and I can't wait to ask you some questions. But tell us a little bit about yourself before we start. Absolutely. Um, I am a woman with a disability. I have a spinal cord injury. I live in Denver, Denver, Colorado, and um, as a result of my spinal cord injury, and, and just not to only you know reflect only on that component of it but it is a huge um reflection of of the conversation that we are going to have today um and due to my spinal cord injury i chose to uh, really look at healthcare in a way that was proactive and preventative for myself and for others and so i've done a lot of work in the advocate field to make sure that that is reality as well as direct service field um giving direct services to individuals with disabilities, all for the sake of ensuring that we have a, a really cohesive, holistic way of delivering um, services in the healthcare field to make sure that people with disabilities are definitely living a life where, I, you know, I always say that disability and wellness can coexist um, for the sake of just having a, an improved quality of life that allows us to be all the things that we may desire to be, whether that's being a good mother, a good sister, an employee, a good member of society, all the things that, you know, we, we participate in, in life. And so, you know, that's, that's, you know, you and I will get into some more details, but that's kind of the nutshell of like how, how I, you know, represent and say who I am in this world and um, a little bit of my, my initial background. Now, other than being a patient, <laughs> do you have any mm-hmm. kind of background in, in the medical field? I don't have any professional training in the healthcare field. So most of it has come from my personal experience as being an individual that has been immersed into the healthcare field um, and in the, what I've experienced from the healthcare field. Granted, that relationship without professional, you know, education or training, I feel like that is um, in itself a very, you know, impressive, impressive uh, uh, level of education in itself because you get to see all of the beauty and all of the quoting, I mean, better lack of a better word, kind of horror that comes with healthcare, and what? so. Yeah. So yeah, I, but in being just surrounded by 
such intelligent um, folks within the healthcare field as it relates to, again, both sides of that. Um, I'm really excited to represent healthcare from, and what I, I always refer to it, like sometimes I patient always, I always look at participant because I feel like I'm a participant in my healthcare. I'm a participant in the healthcare um, field arena. And so, yeah, I, I love that you mentioned that. No one has ever asked me that. And I love that you just asked me that. I'm a big, I'm a big advocate of people with disabilities being proactive in their own health care. They have to look at doctors. This may sound nasty, but they have to look at doctors <laughs> as tools in their toolbox for their, for their health care. No one's going to care for your health more than you. And I, that, I absolutely agree. And I've seen in your, in your profile that doctors basically gave up on you at one point. They yeah, and I and I, yeah, and I think that there's I have a I have an interesting relationship with doctors. I think that there's some re, like there's well-intended, and this goes for healthcare. There's well-intended providers and healthcare that will do their best, right? And mm -hmm. then, but you've got to think about their perspective comes from how they grew up with healthcare, their um, their experience, their individual experience experience with healthcare their relationship to disability. So it's kind of like you're looking at somebody who you want to be your healthcare advocate, but you have to remember that they're coming to the healthcare field from their own, you know, potential bias perspectives. And so those are the parts where you, and I, I agree with you and I am right there next to you. And it, when you have to be the person that advocates for your own healthcare, knowing again, like they are the tool that you get to use, but they're the tool that are not the deciding factor. And they're the tool that you can ask questions. You don't have to assume that they're the ones that are going to know all of the answer. And by doing what it is that they say to do, it's not going, it doesn't mean that that's going to resolve in this like, aha, your life is now going to be completely healthcare amazing. Right, exactly. I, I agree two hundred percent with you, because they're they're giving you their opinion basically, and mm -hmm. like you in one part of your story, there your your sister was a yoga instructor, right? Yep. And yeah, she 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 turned around and said, "Can I try yoga with her?" and and he was like, "Give it a shot," because I don't think we can do anything else. Can't hurt. Yeah, and I think that sometimes not only those personal experiences but like the, the the doctors or the healthcare providers come from there are some systemic limitations that prevent them from recommending things so for example had my physician said oh you know chanda i think that you should go do yoga and acupuncture and massage that's when i would have turned around and said okay so who are those people and who's going to who's going to cover that cost right and so I think that's always been something where individuals or providers have a really difficult time because I've even heard some of the physicians say like, oh my goodness, I practice integrative health, but I can't recommend it to many of my patients because their coverage for those services on a long-term basis are not physically affordable for them or Medicaid, their insurance does not cover it. And so 
I think that that unfortunately puts even the healthcare field into a really, you know, bad situation. Well, I don't understand that. They're, they're legitimate doctors, uh, chiropractors and what have you. And Medicare won't cover it. And... Oh, well, yeah, yeah, go for it. Sorry, keep going. No, no, no. <laughs> am, I, am I wrong? Will, will Medicare cover it? So, well, there's, as you know, there's a difference between Medicaid and Medicare. Right. So most, most individuals and that, you know, we work with, I work with, are either dually eligible, meaning Medicaid, Medicare, the two of them together, where Medicare is your primary and Medicaid is your secondary, or our folks only have Medicaid specific. And so that's where all of those um, integral kind of red tape, systemic things become an issue because a lot of physicians they don't know that they went to they went to healthcare and and for me you have to understand like I'm not also I'm not here even I, I guess I would say I'm not here sticking up for physicians or to go but going against them I think <laughs> that I fall in the middle I definitely fall in the middle because I think that there's a there's a balance between that but so a physician them understanding Medicaid Medicare is like sometimes completely impossible to find how to help individuals navigate that. And then the individual, again, if it's, you know, being, they're being their self advocate, they ought to know that about their own self. Like I know what my Medicaid covers. I'm on Medicaid. I've done a lot of advocate work for my Medicaid in the state of Colorado, but Medicare does pay for some chiropractic and acupuncture in the state of Colorado. Not all of them. Yeah, not all of them, not, not, not Medicare, um, Medicare or Medicare does, but not Medicaid until in 2009, um, our organization presented a bill to Colorado Medicaid, um, convincing them to cover acupuncture, massage and chiropractic for anybody that was Medicaid, Medicare, as well as straight Medicaid. Now, see, you jumped the gun on me because I was going to sing your praises about that, too. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> but that 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 that's great too. I mean, you you don't sit back. You don't. How many hours are in your day? I only have um, I only have twenty four. Oh, <laughs> I don't know how yeah, many I you mean, have. Wait, twenty four. Wait, we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, twenty. Okay, so twenty four. I like to pretend that. I have more than 24. I know you do. I, I, I know you do. <laughs> um, no, so, I yeah, I, I, I have an ebb and flow, right? I have an ebb and flow to there are times when I am working way too much, and then there are times where I'm like, hey, guess what? I know I'm going to be in this particular point where I'm going to be working too much again, and right now I'm going to take in the opportunity to really, um, you know, sometimes I think about it as, during the legislation session, during the tax season, it's kind of like we all have to have this ebb and flow of like where we know our energy is going. And sometimes I'm just going to work more times right now and then relax. And so I gave that I, to, my answer to that was a very uh, literal answer. And I love that you were um, being very you, you were being silly with it. But I came back with an actual <laughs> an actual response. Well, I got it. I got to figure out that you have like 31 hours in a day. <laughs> if that's possible. Yes. And yeah, I think you have nine days a week. I'm not sure. Yes. Yes. I, you, are, you, know, and... you are one of the busiest people 
I have ever met. Even even trying to even trying to get the interview down, uh, Kate gave me two days. So That's I, hilarious. So I said, okay, we'll 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 take this day. And then she writes me back, sorry, Chandra's not available those days anymore. <laughs> it's like Aw, I'm okay. so sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How about and then she says, What we'll do on the twenty fifth? I said, Okay, twelve o'clock. And I sent it right back to her, and she answered me right back. So, I, But the first time was funny. She says, you have two days. These are the two days you have. And I said, okay. Well, and then she just said, they're not available. Yeah, I appreciate, you being, I appreciate you being patient. And oh. at the same time, it's so funny because I didn't even know that story. <laughs> <laughs> So that, but that's the other that's the other beauty about some of the work work you know that I do is that I have been able to have some such amazing staff and um you know other folks that I get to work with that I would have not, never met otherwise. I think that's the beauty around this really beautiful mission and really aligning with a lot of folks that are really helping execute this in our community and other communities and um, you know, me being here on on the podcast with you and, you know, the listeners being able to hear of some of the things that we've accomplished and maybe igniting their ability to get excited about implementation in their own state. Because we know that every state of Medicaid is very different. Um, it's go state by state, whereas Medicare is federally. And so, you know, it's always so exciting to share this information because, um, you know, and again, it's not just me. It's like I have a, an entire group of people that helped me make all of this possible, which I'm just so grateful for. Now, are, are you planning to expand into other states? Um, there's been there's been questions about that. I our board of directors, we've done strategic conversations around that, you know, I have been under my own personal kind of uh, desire to let other states and advocate groups really do that in their own states. And I've really been a little bit more vocal about that more recently than before because, you know, there are such strong, amazing advocate organizations that represent individuals with disabilities. And this is a very easy process. I've told people that if I can go in and change Medicaid, literally anyone can, because when I did it, I knew nothing about the legislative process. I knew nothing about Medicaid. I believed in a service that needed to be available. I surrounded myself with the right expertise, the right motivators, the right people. And as I learned, I got even more excited to you know, I, be, being honest, there were moments when I was I was naive, and I think that there, being naive in some capacity even led to my ability to be a bit successful because I wasn't afraid to ask questions. I wasn't afraid to look semi-silly and knowing that this is an end result I want, and even though I'm not intimately aware of how to do it, I'm going to ensure that I surround myself with it and be okay with asking dumb questions because some people say oh there is no dumb question well of course there's dumb questions but <laughs> it doesn't mean that we can't ask them and so i think for, from my perspective i would love to see other states really taking 
some ownership in doing it. Um, and 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 doesn't mean that we couldn't be of solicitation and support, or I guess I would say technical assistance rather, um, to support them. I just, I think when I was younger, yeah, did we want to center in every single state? Absolutely. The more I've thought, or I've thought about it, the more I understand different states and their programs and their Medicaid program and their department. It's kind of like, wait a second. Like, I think that I'm in a place to show an example and give that example an opportunity to be of change with other be other individuals being the agent of the change. Well, maybe you could franchise it out. Yeah. Yeah, you could like, you could be the McDonald's of med of med medical care. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely put an arch outside. There you like go. A, yeah, yeah. There's an arch. Make it look like a walker. <laughs> oh yeah, I love that example. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've thought about. I, I think the hard part is franchising a nonprofit and franchising a concept where Medicaid is the, you know, potent or the, the I would call the sustaining. I think that what we do is so critical and yet it's not sexy enough for people to want to replicate because what right. we're doing is we're, we're oftentimes taking the healthcare industry, insurance company, all these others that really make a lot off of unfortunate disability and, and, and you know, sickness. And we're saying, wait a second, we're, we're doing proactive care. So I sometimes think that that, while that proactive and preventative and integrative healthcare is becoming more and more accepted, there is still a significant barrier that often is unsaid about the healthcare industry not really wanting that to be the predominant level of education because it does take away dollars. You would think, though, that the insurance companies would want the preventative uh, healthcare course it would save them dollars yeah for me there's there is an interesting because we all know that you know insurance companies like who you know who are they really representing right who are they mm -hmm. are they representing medicaid on, or people with disabilities on medicaid or are they representing more of individuals that are more affluent and so sometimes when i look at all of these particular things without getting too political, I have to look at, we are serving an underserved population where we still are having to convince the general Medicaid or the general healthcare community to understand and serve. Like we're, we're not what makes them money. We're what actually costs them more. And so it's very hard to sell that. And who is insurance companies, um, particular health, entities who are they truly representing and so those are some things that we have to consider and be aware of you would think that something like this uh, it bothers me so much that the bottom line is the dollar you know forget the patient the bottom line is the dollar now let me ask you something how many how many patients do you see in your in your facility yeah so i think as of recently we we continue to increase um 
COVID did have a little bit of an effect on uh, some of the people, obviously. Like you and um, everybody else. Uh, right, yes. Um, and we, on average, are around 250 to 300 per year. Now, what I really like to ensure that people understand when I share that is of that 250, 300, those individuals are not coming to us one one time. The thing about our healthcare, the Chanda Center for Health, is that we are a continued um, care facility, which means that post-disability, whether it be you're diagnosed with MSCP, whatever that might be, whether you had a um, injury post-rehab or post-initial kind of hospitalization around that, we are the continuum of care. We are who you come to in order to ensure that you are um, getting your benefits received, uh, that you, if you weren't enrolled in benefits, we have our care coordination, care coordination help you do that. And then you get our services basically for the remainder of your life. And so I think what's really important when I talk about that and I share it is that I want people to know that of that 250 and 300, these individuals are coming into the center, if not once, but twice a week for basically the longevity of their life because disability um, doesn't go away. And especially if it's, you know, for example, mine, mine's a spinal cord injury. It severed my spinal cord between C5, C6. I'm a quad and, you know, I'm paralyzed from the chest down for the rest of my life. And so for me to have massage and acupuncture and physical therapy and chiropractic for proactive and preventative care to sustain my wellness and be healthy living with my disability for the rest of my life, that's what it requires. And I think that that's something that a lot of people don't really remember or think about as it relates to who we are and what we do. And so that's why the Medicaid waiver that we created in 2009 was so significant because as a nonprofit, we couldn't have been able to sustain doing all of that only on our donor dollars. We had to supplement to ensure that our Colorado Medicaid was under was understanding that there was need for systemic change, for sustainability, for the individual, and for us as an organization to serve those individuals. Excellent. Now, I have to ask you, you, you just brought up something that I was going to bring up also. Uh, you have donor dollars. People donate to, to your center. Does Medicaid pay enough to sustain the center? So, no, they do not. They I don't, um, per, yeah, uh, per member, per service. They, I wouldn't um, think so. Don't, yeah, definitely don't um, because I think the level at which um, we believe that our individual does it help absolutely like i would sure. we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to do what we do without that um especially for a population that deserves you know proactive and preventative care but there is um the the amount that we pay per service to the provider our providers are not getting the going rate of the service that they provide right and mm -hmm. so we have to look at what do we supplement per service. Um, we have to look at what do we um, not only supplement per service, but if let's say somebody got kicked off of Medicaid for seven days and we gave them two treatments within that seven days. Well, 
I, we can't really go after the individual because it wasn't their fault that maybe a case manager forgot to type something in. And so those do, those dollar those donor dollars allow us to supplement those two situations. Additionally, if people are newly injured and they haven't been enrolled onto Medicaid, we can cover their services with our donor dollars between their time of leaving rehab to the time that they get on Medicaid and Medicaid is covering these services. So they can get right on top of, you know, the proactive health care post rehab or, you know, diagnosis right away, rather than sometimes people waiting an entire year before they get those services or six months because the process of getting on Medicaid can be cumbersome for them. And so there there are very critical reasons in which we have donors and sometimes we have special projects, right? Maybe we want to explore and go beyond um, what we're doing now. And so we'll get excited about a consumer directed model where how we serve our folks in their homes or we get excited about just recently we're looking into how do we create an adaptive exercise gym and what would that look like from how do we build it out with our donor dollars but then how do we have this equal sustainability between Medicaid funding around the physical therapy component but that's not going to cover someone's full salary, but right. you know, and so there's all of these integral um, specific details that really allow our donors to really allow, make us exist and to allow us to evolve beyond. I mean, we're, we're where we're at because of our donors. And so they believe in us, they believe in what we do and they want us to continue to not just stay status quo, but evolve that to the point where, we're able to influence and improve people's lives beyond what, you know, we've always done. And I think that we've been really successful and not just sitting around and be like, okay, that was great. We did that. Now we're done. No, right. actually we're not. <laughs> That's just the start. You're just starting. Now, do, do you have a, do you have a way that people can contact you if they want to donate? To Absolutely. The, to so, the yeah, yeah, absolutely. So our our website, there's the Chanda Center for Health.org and there is a button on there that says donate. So that's always <laughs> that's very that's always good. Um and uh so from the website you can one, learn about our mission and our impact and give. And I always tell folks that we want you to give with the understanding of what it is that we're doing. We want you to give um, with the understanding that whatever amount you give us is perfect because we've heard so many people be like, oh, my goodness, I made a donation. I'm sorry it couldn't be bigger. And I'm like, yeah, you don't get to say sorry for donating. That's just doesn't, <laughs> like, thank you for donating. And every amount collectively put together makes what we do possible and it will absolutely impact an individual life and um, we have stories on our website that allow them to see actual individuals that we impact through our testimonials so i encourage people to go there because that's where they get to not only donate but they get to get the information that makes them feel good about giving well don't worry if you didn't get that address the address that address and the contact information is all going to be in the show notes for this episode and I have a I have another question. I think I seen that it's the five hundred one C, the the yep. org, the organization. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, we're a five hundred one C three. Yep. So is is the donations tax deductible? 
Yes, all donations are tax deductible, um, and that yeah, that's one of the, the great things about being a nonprofit. See that? So you can donate and write it off. You're not losing there anything here. So. <laughs> win, win, win. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you got to donate to the because here we're most people that are listening to this podcast have a disability. Or you know someone that has a disability. And this center here is helping people out. How many places do you know that would say, all right, you don't have insurance. Well, we'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. So you have to really get involved with this. And Chanda is, (laughs) she's a nice person. She's a nice person. I am so nice. She is. Listen to it. So Chandra goes out of a way to help people. You have to help her help other people. Right? Yes. Help me help. Help me help other you people. help others. We all there help you, each other. There you go. So if you like Penny from the Big Bang Theory, you're going to love Chandra. So, <laughs> she's from Nebraska, just like Penny. And she was going to go to California. But she she stopped yeah. in Denver and liked it there better. <laughs> yes, grass grassroots as they come. Exactly. And I think, and that's one of the things I think some people might cringe. Board of people as you grow, being like, oh goodness, like we don't always have to be grassroots. And it's kind of like, yeah, I struggle with like what happens when when organizations get too big. What happens when they lose the the passion and drive within what created them and you know i think that that's something i always want to ensure that our donors and new donors and folks and listeners can really hopefully get from us is that we really really truly care and that we are taking an approach that is absolutely for the individuals that we serve and again making sure that disability and wellness have the opportunity to exist in the world, especially within the world of healthcare, in whatever capacity we can. And I'm looking. I'm looking at a picture of the of the Challenger Center right here. And this isn't some rinky dink operation being handled out of somebody's basement. As a matter of fact, <laughs> if I have your permission, I'd like to take this picture and put it on the episode also. Of, Absolutely. Of the. And uh, there's also, I have a headshot that Kate sent me. I'll have a picture of Chandra and her center. This, like I said, this isn't a rinky-dink operation. This is, you know, nobody's working out of a garage anywhere. This is, this is big time. And they're, at, they're helping people that need the help. I've said it before on this podcast. That people with disabilities are the most ignored minority in the world mm-hmm. and absolutely and here chandra and her staff they're taking the they're taking the step they're taking the initiative to prop prop all of us up so we have to stand behind her and help prop her up as she works as she as she works with people with disabilities and i just want to say that what you just said there about i feel like sometimes we as a community persons with disabilities like we're we're fighting to be included in recognition of a minority group a disparity group like i feel like 
the fact that we have been put into a position to fight to be identified as a disparity group is just it's so upsetting to me and that is absolutely one of the things that we are ensuring does not get dismissed when we look at oh we we've got to ensure that we're included and you know inclusivity and diversity and equitable levels of work but yet we're fighting to be included into that i am extremely confused by that and it is a reality that exists very very deep within every state united the entire united states and it is a very confusing topic to me that we i I just i never thought that any minority group with disparity especially health disparity would be put in that type of situation and it's it's very sad. Well, that, that sometimes I feel like people think we're we're expendable. You know, it it's like uh, they're, not, they're not worth anything to society anymore. But nothing mm-hmm. could be further from the truth. And absolutely, you're proving it just with your project alone. You're proving it. And yeah, I think we don't we don't want to be. I don't think anybody, an individual with a disability, wants to be a burden to another human, a burden to the healthcare system. But the fact that we even have that terminology to think that we're a burden to the healthcare, like we've been taught something very wrong. Exactly. We are not a we are not a burden to the healthcare community. We are not a burden. We are giving the healthcare community because if we can if we can ensure that healthcare knows how to serve individuals with disabilities in a very, very and again, lack of a better word, a very deep way, do you know how that impacts the general population? If you can handle and serve individuals with disabilities with complex levels of situations, that evolves the healthcare services to those that have less issues, less healthcare complications. Like we are evolving healthcare. And so I always tell people like, you're welcome, we're evolving healthcare <laughs> for your and to be and to be aware that if you don't get involved in the healthcare of individuals with disabilities, you are not preparing for your own future because disability literally becomes a part of everybody's life at some juncture in their life. Meaning whether we've had um, an injury from, you know, you know, you you and I we've shared our injury if we have Mm -hmm. an injury whether we have aging there is or we have a temporary disability like you will interface with disability at some portion of your life so prepare for that contribute to your own healthcare future because you will interact with disability personally at some level and you want to contribute to it believe me yeah exactly exactly I have just gotten so fired up right now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Go out and kick some butt. Kicking some butt. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Chandra, this has been real. I, 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 I've enjoyed our conversation. Absolutely. It feels so real. And thank you for sharing all these stories with your listeners. And I'm oh, so grateful gonna, for that. We're going to share more because I'd love to have you back on. Let's do it. I, 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 I think it's a must. <laughs> I agree. I think it's a must. I'll make you a co-host. <laughs> yeah. We, but, can, we, can, we can talk about healthcare, healthcare, you know, topics in so many different levels and ways. And 
I would be happy to do that with you. I, I, I feel the same way. I think that this is a true, genuine, real conversation and I'm all about those. Yeah, I oh, know it, it, it's been, it's been great. I've learned a lot from you today, to be honest. And, uh, I'm sure a lot of people have learned a lot from you, but I want to remind everybody, check out her site, check out, you'll be impressed. You will definitely be impressed by the work that she's doing. Her, her sister, you'll be impressed by the story. I know that impressed me. The doctors were giving up on her. They were like, here you are. Go home, have a nice life, watch TV. And her sister was like, what about if we tried yoga? You know, something. And the doctors said, do whatever you want at this point. And now That's look something. at her. Now look at her. She she has a she has a health center. She's helping other people. You got to check out her website. That's all I'm going to tell you. And if you can donate, doesn't matter how much you donate. Donate. If you can afford a couple of bucks, throw it away, because it, you're not throwing it away. You're helping somebody else. Again. All the all the information is going to be in the show notes for this episode, and check it out. That's the best I can tell you, and you'll be impressed. She's impressed me. So, Chandra, thank you very much for being here today. Thank you very much for taking the time out to talk to us about this. I'm so impressed. Absolutely, thank you so much, and I I wish everyone good wellness and having a beautiful day. All right. Take care now. You too. Hey, I want to thank Chandra Hinton for being on the podcast today. She was a great guest. Very, very, very nice person to talk to. And she's going to be back when she has more information. And I want to remind you, check out her sites. They're all listed in the show notes for today's episode. Also, there's a picture of Chandra in the show notes. So thank you, the listeners, for being here today. I really appreciate it. And make sure you stop back again. We have some more interesting guests coming on, and you're not going to want to miss it. And I also want you to remember, no matter what, things can always be worse. That's right. Right now, there's somebody somewhere wishing that they were in your position. So things can always be worse. You've been listening to an Apple a Day, the podcast. We also have Apple a Day fritters that come out during the week, little bits of information. So check them out too. And don't forget to check out our chat, our chat boards and Apple a Day chat and Living with a Disability. Those addresses will be in the show notes as well. So thanks again for being here today. And you have a great one, my friends. Thanks for listening to An Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.